Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 29th of January 2012, entitled, Let's Get Up and Go. And the Bible reading is taken from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 31. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles to the Gospel of John chapter 14. We touched on a few portions of this scripture two weeks ago on Sunday evening, just glancing at it. I said then we may want to come back and look at it a bit closer for a couple of reasons this morning. Number one, I want to encourage you. We've got a great God who's capable of great things. And if we'll let him today, if we'll just truly give ourselves to him, We can't even begin to imagine what God will do through you as an individual and through us as a church together. And uh, so I trust and pray that that this passage, as we read it and then look at it for a short time this morning, that uh, it will both encourage you and challenge you to the greatness of what God has before us. Let me invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's precious and holy word, beginning in John chapter 14 and verse 1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth these works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. 
I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye shall see me because I live, ye shall live also. That day ye shall know that I am in the Father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my Father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. My Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. The word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. The things have I spoken unto you, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you, if ye love me. Ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father." And as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Father, thank you for your word that you have preserved for us, Lord, through the ages. Thank you for every word that has been inspired by yourself, Father. Thank you for the way, Lord, that you have given us understanding through your Holy Spirit. Thank you that even today, Lord, that through him you might take and make these words alive into our hearts. Father, though many are missing from our midst today, we know that, Father, you know the need of each and every one that is here, and you knew that when you gave us this message. And Father, as we commit each one into your hands at this time, we pray not for man's wisdom. We pray not for man's message. But today we pray that through the power of your Spirit, you would speak to our hearts, that you would Lord, bring forth that which needs to be said here today, that you would meet the need of each and every heart of every individual. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Going to take our title this morning from the very last few words in our reading there in verse 31, when after Jesus has spoken all that he has here to his disciples, he then says to them, Arise, let us go hence. Arise, let us go hence. Our thought this morning, let's get up and go. Now, I know that sometimes we think of things, and uh, I've even heard the saying, and I've kind of felt maybe a bit like it the last couple of weeks myself, 
when it says that sometimes our get up and go has got up and gone. Uh, and we may not feel like getting up and we may not feel like going. Uh, and that can come from physical drain. It can come from spiritual drain. Uh, but I trust and pray this morning that as we look into God's word, that by his power, by his might, by his strength, regardless of where you might be right now physically and spiritually, that when God gets through speaking those things to you, that you'll be willing to say, yes, let's get up and go. Arise. Let us go hence. Arise. He literally is, is saying, remember, he's meeting there with his, his disciples. This is his parting words. He begins with trying to bring them comfort about the fact that he is getting ready to go away. And what he's saying to them here is, okay, let's get up and go from this place. It's time to move now. Get up. It's time for action. Get up from where you are and let's go. It's time for all of us today to leave this place and to move on. What does he mean by those words? Why was this? Well, think first of all, who is this that is speaking these words? Who is it that is saying to us today? Here in his inspired word, Jesus Christ is saying to you and I, Arise, let us go hence. Get up and let's go from this place. Jesus Christ himself. And I love the way that, you know, every word matters. Let us go, he said. Let us go. The invitation is from him. He's invited us to go, but he's invited us to go with him. That in itself. The thought that this journey that you and I are on through life, wherever it takes us, however long that we have, whatever may lie before us, the simple truth is, is that it's to be taken with Jesus Christ. He has promised to go with us. He's promised to never leave us, to never forsake us. Here the invitation is okay. Let's get up and go. Where are we going? Well, first of all, I hope that you can know this morning that you're going to heaven. That's the ultimate place that our journey is taking us. That's what these first verses are about here when he promised that he was going to prepare a place for us. And if he was going to prepare that place and he wasn't doing it for nothing, he was going to come again. He was going to receive us unto himself so that where he was, we could be with him also. That's our heavenly promise. That's what we have to look forward to. That's why that this passage is probably one of the most read passages in all of the Bible when it comes to Christians' funerals, when they're laying in that coffin before the, the pulpit or wherever that they might be, it's often, let not your heart be troubled. You know, it is comforting words. He tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he tells us beginning in verse 13, he says, but I would not have you to be ignorant but I would not have you to be ignorant. What's he mean? It means this is something that you need to know about. This is something that need not catch you by surprise. This is something you should understand. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have died, those that have gone on before us, that ye sorrow not even as others 
which have no hope. There is some. They have no hope. They have nothing beyond the grave because their opportunity is missed. But here he's speaking to the brethren. He said, I don't want you to be ignorant of this, and I don't want you to sorry, sorrow at it like others would that have no hope. He says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Well, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. A glorious promise. You see, that's one of the questions that every individual needs to be asked today, every human being on the face of the earth. Do you know you're going to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? You know, there's only two eternal places, two eternal abiding places. The simple truth is that Jesus has invited each and every one of you to go on this journey with him that will ultimately take us to heaven. And we're going with him. So wherever you are today, Jesus Christ is speaking to each and every one here today through his word. Do you want to go with Jesus? <laughs> He's the one that's inviting. Do you want to go to heaven? And if so, do you know that you're on that journey? You see, right now, one way or the other, it's time for all of us to get up and to go, to move on. Where was this journey with Jesus that was going to ultimately end in heaven, where was it starting from with our Lord here as he spoke those words? Because that helps us too. Well, if you turn back in your Bible just a few pages to the gospel of Matthew in chapter 26, we can see exactly what was happening and where our Lord was with this. And of course, he had just finished the great Olivet Discourse uh, before that, that you find in the verses leading up to this, telling us about those, those end times. But in chapter 26, notice what he says beginning in verse 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. Well, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Verse 30 then says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. 
Now, most, most Bible scholars and those that study and try to put together the chronology of the Scriptures believe that what we are reading here in, in, in John chapter 14, that this is taking place between verse 29 and 30 here, just after the Lord instituted the Lord's Supper with his apostles there in the upper room and before they went out into, of course, the Mount of Olives heading to Gethsemane. You see... This is the beginning of our Lord's journey as his ministry here on this earth is coming to that vital point that everything about him was focused to before, as we sang earlier, before even above, before that first person was ever created, before Adam and Eve were even placed in the Garden of Eden, the plan was made that Jesus Christ would make this journey that as he goes from this place, he knows that he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows he's going into Pilate's Hall. He knows everything that lies. He knows about the scourging. He knows about the mocking. And yes, he knows that he's about to be nailed to that cross. And it's not because he has no choice. It's not because he doesn't have the power to stop that. It's because he's willingly doing it. Yes, in obedience to his father, and that plan that was made in eternity past, and out of his great love for you and I and every lost individual. You see, this morning, I say to you, I believe that Jesus is still saying to us, Arise, let us go hence, get up, and let's go. Let's go with Christ, first of all, to Calvary and beyond. As a matter of fact, to Calvary and everything that is beyond Calvary. Once we go to Calvary with Jesus Christ, we will always be with Jesus Christ for all of eternity. Today, let's get up and go with Christ. You see, that is the only course of advancement. That is the only path. That is the only way to life is by way of Calvary. No other route will take us towards the destination that we want to go except with Jesus by Calvary. There is no other way to heaven. There's no other way of getting there except we go with him by way of the cross. Folks, there are many today that say that, you know, that that's not very loving to say that, that it's not very gracious, that we've got all of the religions of the world and that they're all really trying to get to the same God. They're just trying to, to do it in a little, a little different way and we should give each other the benefit of the doubt. Well, as we look here, let me say to you, folks, the little saying on our sign out front says, speaking the truth in love. You know, it's not our desire to be cruel or hard-hearted to anyone, but we're not doing someone a favor by pretending that there is some other way, that some other thing is okay. I'm saying to you today, there is only one way to get to heaven. 
And that's with Jesus Christ. And that's going via Calvary by the cross and the shed blood of our Lord upon that cross. You see, whoever you are today, it's time to go. It's time to advance. We as Christians, we've been to Calvary. We simply need to be reminded of Calvary as we go beyond that. We're headed for that eternal home in the skies. You see, today, Jesus' invitation is to all. He says, it's not my will that any should perish. It speaks of the sacrifice there at Calvary as being the propitiation for our sins. That is a legal word, that it means that it met every requirement that God had when he came to our sin. As the songwriter said, Jesus truly did pay it all, all to him, I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. I'm saying to you today, folks, we need to get up and go. And if you're here today and you've been to Calvary, which I trust and pray that you have, then may I say to you that there is no greater message. I've reminded you of this time and time and time again. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do without as a church. Matter of fact, you know, there aren't many things that we couldn't do without as a church. They could take all this furniture. They could take this building. They could take our, our, our music. They could take all these things that doesn't stop us from being a church. They can't take the Lord Jesus Christ from us. And we are united as a body in him with him as our head. It's his word that we have before us. And the simple truth is his message was to go into all this world to preach the gospel to every creature. We're on a journey. We're on a journey with him to heaven. But let me tell you something. He wants to take everybody that he possibly can along the way. That's what he came for. That's what he died for. That's what we're here for. We're not here for all of our programs we're not here for that fellowship that we all enjoy so much. Yes, that's part of it. That's not the purpose. We're not here to make each other feel good. We are here that the work of Christ might be done through us. All these other things, all the teaching, all the preaching, all the fellowship, all the programs, all the things that we do, that's what it all points to is the fact that people are lost and people need to be saved and that's what Christ came for, and that's what he wants to do through you and I today. Let's get up and go. Let's get up and go with Christ to Calvary and beyond. Secondly, let's get up and go with Christ in certainty of our faith. You know, there's, I'm not going to dwell here. You've heard the message many times, many different places, many different ways, and it's still vital. Folks, true Christianity is not about hoping one day that the scales are going to tilt in our favor. It's not about all the religious deeds that we can do 
I trust and pray. You know, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. What does he mean? Don't mean you have to work your way to heaven. It means if there's not something that's showing in your life, you got a dead faith anyway. You didn't have it because works are the result of faith. There should be a desire. There should be those things, not so that you can be saved, not so that you can appease an angry God, but because you're saved and because that God lives and dwells within you. The truth is today, too many people, they're not certain of their faith. You see, verse 6 says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, the life. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Do you want to go to heaven? That's where God is at. Jesus said, there is no way to get from where you are to where God the Father is except by him. He is the only way. He is the only way to God the Father. He is the only way all that is alive and living that can only happen in Christ. And that's what heaven is all about. It's about life. Hell is about death. Without him, there is no life. It is the total opposite of everything that heaven is. Today, we need to get up and go with Christ in certainty of our faith because we know with absolute certainty, Brother Steve, that all of our faith, all of our trust, all of our hope is in what Jesus Christ has already done for us, that he paid the price, that he accomplished what we couldn't. And our only hope, our only hope before a holy God is because of his grace, his grace in seeing us in his son and not in ourselves our only hope is Christ. Today, Christians, there are many things around you that are going to happen. There are many things that you're going to look at and you're going to think, what in the world is going on? That will be the theme of our conference this year, God willing. What in the world is going on? The simple truth is I want you to know something this morning. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter. Any circumstance that you want to place yourself in, whatever it is, Jesus is saying, come on, let's get up and go. Go with me to Calvary and beyond. Go with me, he says, in absolute certainty of your faith because you're going with me and I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. That's the way we get to the Father. Let's get up and go. Let's get up and go with Christ also today in communion. In communion through prayer. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, we're going with Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk to him. You know, so many times... So many times we can get so busy, so caught up in all that's going on around us. If we're too busy to pray, we're too busy. Simple truth is, nothing ought to take that time. Notice what he says here. 
in verse 13 and 14, he says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there on foolishness. Some would take that verse today and say, okay, give me a new Mercedes, a new Rolls. Lord, you said you'd do it. We put all in context. No, <laughs> folks, if we're traveling with Jesus on this journey, which is what this chapter is all about, if we're going with him, I guarantee you, that Mercedes isn't going to mean much to you. There's an awful lot of things in him, with him. Your wants are going to change. Your desires in life are going to be different. I'm saying to you today, we are on a journey. We're all going somewhere. It's all going to end somewhere, and we're somewhere along that path today. You are, I am, every one of us are. I trust that your journey has already taken you by Calvary. If not, that needs to be the first place that you need to go today because it's only from Calvary that you can get the road to heaven. It's only with Jesus Christ that you can make that journey. But you can go with him in absolute certainty of your faith because he is the way. He is the only way, and he's the one that will get you there. But you're going today. You need to go with prayer. You need to go communicating with him. Folks, that's where our power comes from. We don't have it. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the strength. We can design all of our programs. We can have all the, the best intentions. I was, I was talking to some people this week. We're talking about, you know, there, there are just so many charities out there. There's so many needs and there's lots of people that are genuinely trying to do something about that to help with those needs. Sometimes it can get pretty daunting. And it's not an easy task sometimes to know, well, which one should I give and where should I help and what should I do? I'm saying to you today, you know, all that matters. I mentioned to you last week, I think that... Uh, you know, the church, well, my, my brother and my nephew, nephew, their home church, they spent a whole week from like 6 in the morning till 9 at night cooking and feeding and getting in tractor and trailer loads of, of, of clothing and furniture and all this because of the, the tornadoes that came through there and just ripped those people's homes apart and they had nothing left whatsoever. Folks, that's what the church ought to do. They ought to be there to meet people's needs. What a testimony that is. But you know, the simple truth is this. They shouldn't be, on the one hand, doing that just because that it's the right religious thing to do. Hopefully that was a desire in their hearts because those were hurting people and they wanted to help and they love, but they also know that all that food and all that furniture will accomplish nothing without Jesus Christ. Wherever your journey takes you, whatever good things and bad things that it takes us through in this life, it's got to be with him, and we need to be talking to him. Romani, I'm sure there's sometimes when Rosemary might wish that you talk a little less about some things. <laughs> 
But the truth is, it probably wouldn't be real good for your marriage if for the next month you didn't speak a word to her <laughs> or vice versa. How can you love someone and not talk to them? How can you love somebody and not be communicating with them? You know, Rosemary's family lives long, long ways away like most of my family do. Thank God for telephones, Skype, all these other things that allows us to communicate. You see, we communicate with people because we care, because we love. That's how we know each other. That's how we know what's going on. That's one of the reasons that we communicate with our Lord. Let's get up and go. Let's go with Christ to Calvary and beyond. Let's go with Christ in certainty of our faith. Let's go with Christ in communion with prayer. Let's go with Christ today in companionship with the Spirit. You know, it's not just Jesus that's going to be on this journey with us. I love what he teaches us here in Scripture. Notice what he said there in verse 16 and 17. He said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I'll give you another paracletus, that one called alongside to help. He says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You see, the world knows nothing about this. And you know, to them, when you start talking about these things, you know, they think you're maybe just a little bit loose upstairs. They think that you haven't been educated well enough. They think that you're some kind of a weakling and you need something to a crutch to lean on or something. They think all kinds of things. Folks, the natural man cannot understand the spiritual things of God. But once you head out on this trip with Jesus, once you go by way of Calvary, when you get on the journey that's beyond that, you will know this one, this one that he says he's going to send alongside you to be a help. He's going to send them there. You see, as we look through this entire chapter, if you noticed in our reading, the oneness of God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is something that is reiterated time and again in this chapter so clearly. May I say to you today, you can't have part of God. You've got all of him or you've got none of him. And if you've got God, you've got God in all of his triunity. May I say to you today that you can't go with one without going with them all. You can't separate it. These verses have given us this great promise here of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is going to send alongside us, that's going to abide with us forever, he said. And that he's not only going to dwell with us, 
but that he's actually going to be in us. Be careful. Many today want to pray for more of the Spirit as if he's some kind of a liquid that you can have part of him and not all of them or something, but the Bible says if you don't have him, then you don't belong to God. You either have him or you don't, and you only get him by going with Jesus by way of Calvary. Beyond that, in the certainty of your faith, in communicating with our Lord, in companionship with this one that is sent alongside us. Just notice these verses. Notice that he says there in verse 18. Now, just notice verse 16 and 17, we just read that he's going to send the one alongside of us. But then he turns right around in verse 18 says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Notice down in verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And then, and what's the next word in your Bible? And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. <laughs> we love God. You just got to saying it's the Holy Spirit that's going to come and make his abode and live within us. Now it's him and God the Father that's going to come and make their abode and live within us. We find that back in the earlier part of that chapter, verses 7 to 11, he goes to great length to make sure that we understand that you can't separate him from his father. If you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the father, and it suffices that Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the father. How sayest thou then, show us the father? If you've seen me, you've seen the father. How can you spend all this time with me and still say, Show us the father? You see, Jesus wants us to know we're not in this. He's invited us to go with him. But folks, on this journey, wherever you are today, you're not alone. You are with Jesus Christ. But if you're with Christ, you're with God the Father, the creator and power and holder of the power of the universe. You're with God the Holy Spirit, that dynamos, that power that is beyond our expression that lives and dwells within each and every one of us. I'm saying Jesus. Jesus, this is all in his one conversation. This is all that he's talking about. Jesus is saying, come on, let's get up and go from this place. Let's move on. Let's go on this journey. We need to go by way of the cross. <laughs> We've got to go by Calvary. Then we can go on beyond in certainty of faith and communion through prayer and companionship with the Spirit. This one gets a little bit harder. Let's get up and go with Christ in conformity to His Word. <laughs> Most of us kind of like to draw up our own plan, what's comfortable, what we feel good about. Well, Christ right here is just about to demonstrate His love 
through the greatest act of obedience and love that's ever been seen, he himself was about to head to the cross on Calvary's hill. And we can think of that probably best known of all verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Christ demonstrated his love in obedience to his father. Isn't that what he said there in verse 31? Jesus Christ himself, he said, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. You see, obedience, just as he obeyed the Father, that's the test of our love to Christ. Preacher, what do you mean? Jesus said in verse 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said that. Jesus said in verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Wow. Jesus also said in verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He said in verse 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. You see, simple truth is we can talk, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. We can talk until we're blue in the face. He said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. If you love me, on this journey, we can go down through there. We can talk about how much we love God and how much we love the Lord. The journey I'm talking about that Christ has invited you on to go with him in conformity to his word and his will and not our own. If we love him, it'll be evidenced by wanting to live it. We don't memorize these verses to show off our spirituality. This is the life that he wants us to live. We find he also tells us in those verses that that obedience is reciprocated by the love of Christ and the love of the Father. He says in both verses 21 and 23 there, you see, the more we love Christ, the easier and more ready that we are to obey. The less we love him, the harder it is to obey him and listen to him and do what he wants instead of ourselves. But the greater that love. Do you ever stop and think? You know, his love for us cannot be any more real. It cannot be any greater. He's already proven it for you at Calvary. It is totally, completely impossible for God to love you any more than he already has any more than he already does. But through your obedience, he says here that your, his love can be made more manifest. You can recognize it. You can know it. It can be more clear to you. He wants to show his love and to prove his love to you every day of your life. 
And our obedience makes that possible. It allows us to see that love. I can promise you from the Word of God that he much prefers to show his love through his generosity, through his caring, than he does through his chastening. But our time is gone. Let us get up and go with Christ. Let's get up and go with Christ to Calvary and beyond. In certainty of our faith, in communion through our prayers, in companionship with the Spirit and the Father and the Son, in conformity to His Word, and finally, with confidence in His work. Confidence. He said there in verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto the Father. He that believeth on me, if you're here today, if you've gone with Christ, if you've gone by way of Calvary, you're one of them that believe. And that's who he's talking about. He that believeth on me, Jesus said, the works that I do shall he do also. Them that believe on me are going to do the same works that I do. He says, matter of fact, greater works than these shall he do. Greater than what? Greater than what Jesus did. Why? Because I go unto the Father We've talked about that. How can that be? How can Christ promise greater works than his own because of him going away back to the Father? Well, we can see that, you know, greater works could certainly be accomplished for a number of reasons. Greater, of course, when we increase our faith, power, loyalty, love, all those things are going to have an effect on our service and our work. Greater when our work is more spiritual than physical. <laughs> when the Holy Spirit is empowering us, when He's in control, when He's the one that is in charge of our lives and all that we do. But greater works than Christ did while He was here, that's what He said. That's what He said. How? Because of him, that same Jesus living within us. He's no longer just accomplishing his work in one fleshly body upon this earth, but through all them that believe. He was going to the Father, but he said he was sending another to come alongside us, to live with us, to live within us, that through that one, the Holy Spirit, he and his Father also would be dwelling in us. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit, we've got that whole series. It's on the, on the website, on the Holy Spirit. His purpose, his purpose in being here is to continue the work of Christ it's all about the work of Christ. That was God's plan from eternity past. That's what everything in the Old Testament is pointing to. That's what everything in the New Testament is pointing back to. The simple truth is it's all about him. 
That's why the Holy Spirit is here greater. Because as a vessel of the Holy Spirit, we can see him, Jesus Christ, accomplishing his work through us greater. Because Christ, rather than being obedient and doing the Father's will in one place at one time in one body, though he accomplished the greatest work in history in that body, can now serve him through every Christian. In every place on earth, to the very ends of the earth, Jesus Christ doing his work through people that believe greater. When you will get up and go. You see, everybody's going to do something. These Today, you can, I, again, you, you know I don't mean it in a nasty way. You can either like or dislike anything about the way that I have said it and delivered it. But this is the words of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus is saying. We all must do something with it. What will we do with it today? Will we leave here and go back and say, hmm, yep, that's what that chapter says. <laughs> we leave here and let those words do something in our life. Jesus didn't say, listen to this stuff and remember it and don't forget it. Be able to tell somebody else it. After teaching us all this, Jesus said, okay, now it's time to get up and it's time to go. It's time to move on from where we are right now. And it's time to go. We can stay right where we are, spiritually, physically. When we leave here today, we'll all make a choice as to what we will do with what Christ has said to us. Will we really yield ourselves unreservedly? That's what he goes on in the next chapter, in chapter 15, to talk about. Will we follow him wherever he wants to take our lives? Is that more important to us? Are we really willing to give him first? Not to give him what's left over. Not for him to get to what's left over of our, of our time and our love and our everything that we've got. If we've got something left for him, he gets it. I'm saying if you really love him, then let him have first place. Let him have what he deserves. Your action will truly speak as to the depth of your real love for him. Today, what will you do with Christ? Jesus said, arise, let us go hence. Let's get up and go. Let's move on from where we are. Yes, we're going towards that great day when the trumpet's going to sound that we read about it and the archangel's going to shout and, and Jesus is going to come and we're going to meet him in the air and praise God. Eternity with him, with sin being wiped out and no more sin and no more troubles and no more struggles and, and all of that, but we're not at that point in the journey yet. What are we going to do with what we've got? Are we just going to spend it sitting around and waiting because we've got our fire insurance? <laughs> we know we're going to heaven. Somehow that speaks of our love. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. See, simple truth is it might cost you something. It might cost you some friends. 
We don't like that sometimes. We don't go out trying to make enemies. But sometimes we're more concerned about hanging on to our worldly friends and them feeling okay with our life that we allow their worldly influence to have the part in our lives. Folks, you love them. I mean, love them with all your heart, but you don't compromise. You live his word with them, around them, in front of them, for them. It might cost you some family. I've known many that to follow the Lord Jesus Christ meant their own family not understanding. God will make that up to you. I can't. You might have to go through the Garden of Gethsemane to get there. You might have some crosses to bear yourself through all of this. But I want you to remember something. All of that looked pretty bad on its own. But after Calvary, there was an open tomb. <laughs> an open tomb that spoke of the triumph. And today, that's the journey we're on, and that's who we're going with. Let's get up and go. If there's anybody here today, if there's anybody that listens to this message sometime later, you know, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you don't know that you've been to Calvary, that's where the journey's got to begin. And if you're going to make this journey, that's the first thing you need to know is you need to know the certainty of your faith. And I want to invite you today. Jesus has invited you, and I want to pass that invitation on. Let's get up and go to Calvary right now. Don't waste another breath. Don't take another chance. And Christians, if there's ever been a time, I speak to you from my innermost heart, if there's ever been a time that we need to get up and get going, it's now. God has you and I here, as we saw a couple of weeks. He has you and I right here at this time for a purpose. This is where we are. This is where he places. What does he want to do through you? I believe time is short. You've been to Calvary. You're on your way to heaven. But I want to encourage you and challenge you on this journey this morning. Will you get up and go with the Lord? Because I want to promise you something. If you're traveling with the Lord Jesus Christ, the worldly things aren't going to be what's getting his attention. It's not the things of this world that's going to eat up all of his time. Say, preacher, you just try to get too crazy about all this. No, I want you to know a life that this world can never give you. I want you to make a journey with Jesus. That was his invitation. Go with him. Let him have your life. Let him take it where it wants to go. Let him make a difference. He promised. You know, Jesus Christ himself, he promised those great works that could be accomplished through your life if you'll just yield that life to him totally, completely, wholeheartedly today. He'll do it. Not for your glory, but for his glory. Father, we thank you today. Lord, as we've looked at this passage, a familiar passage, but, Lord, such a wonderful passage. We've skimmed so many things there, but I trust and pray. This was a conversation that Jesus had. And, Lord, all these things are in context one with another. And I pray today that you'd just take and, Lord, even through the 
weak inabilities of this preacher that you would take by the power of your spirit, that you'd speak it to hearts. Lord, we know we can all sit around. We can sit on the sidelines. We can thank goodness that we're on our way to heaven and that we'll get there someday. Lord, I pray that you take our lives and help us to be willing to follow your challenge to get up and go, to move on from where we are, to travel with Jesus. Traveling with Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. Lord, if there's one that's lost, that you'd save their soul. For a Christian that's backslid, that they'd be restored. And for every Christian, that you'd help us today to be more like our Savior than ever before, to leave this place perfect harmony and step with him as we travel with him. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. 